0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So like, can we get a do over on basically everything that's happened lately? because I think we should. You're listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you all sorts of fun facts and things all about the Los Angeles Kings and the prospects and the everythings, all right here on this uh, exact podcast show. And well, so about everything we've been talking about here on the show, uh, the Kings. Back to hockey against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they blew that one. Uh, World Juniors, well, that, that they blew that one too. Because just before I started recording today's show, uh, the announcement came down that after uh, several other teams have started to have positive COVID test results come up, uh, both uh, Russia had to forfeit a game today, um, The Chechia had to forfeit a game today. So two games forfeited, United States still up in the air. Uh, the decision was made to cancel, not postpone, not reschedule, not start up again later, uh, cancel this year's World Juniors tournament. So uh, we'll always have those couple of games where our prospects look really good, but uh, it, it's done now. We'll talk about that uh, at the close of today's show, but do want to spend some time looking at uh, at the Kings' loss to the Vegas Golden Knights, because of course they did. If you are just joining the show for the first time today, first off, uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening to the show Uh, for making this one of your listens of the day. My name is Sarah Appampato, as always, your host of this here show to walk you through whatever it is the Kings are doing. And right now what they're doing is looking sloppy as heck. Uh, Kings came out in their first game back from the extended holiday break against the Vegas Golden Knights. And it was a game where if you listened to yesterday's show, um, really no idea, no barometer for what was going to happen in this one. Both teams playing shorthanded, both on the ice and off the ice with both teams having some coaches impacted by COVID protocols, both teams missing some major players, this being the first game back for both teams from the COVID holiday slash everything pause. And so really just kind of wondering how this game was going to go. Well, how this game was going to go was basically drunk uh, in the first period between nine minutes and 53 seconds into the period and 11 minutes and nine seconds. So like a little over a minute there were four goals scored. Three from Vegas, one from the Kings, and it basically just was that sort of game. No one looked particularly good, really, on either side. Laurent Bossois in goal for the Golden Knights wasn't really uh, tested that much through the first 10 periods of the game. Uh, there was one shot for each team, total. Two shots through about 10 minutes of the game, a little less than 10 minutes of the game. And that really, like, kind of set the tone for it just being a game that, like, Well, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? So, yet again, second time this season, the Kings blew it for a a highly touted prospect's first NHL game. This was Alex Tricot's first NHL game. He actually, you know, aside from the starting rookie lap that he got to do during uh, warm-ups, he also uh, got to be on the line that started the whole game at puck drop, which was a pretty nice honor for a kid who is waited his turn to make it to the NHL. Uh, if you don't remember, Tricotte signed his contract. He, he you know, officially left college, turned pro, literally days before, like two days before basically the whole world went on pause in 2020. Uh, I think March 11th, 2020, I believe, is when he signed his contract. The intent was that he was going to go play some games with the Rain, get some experience that way, uh, and then make his debut with the Kings the next season. And none of that happened. Uh, Because instead, all of sports ended. Uh, Tricot, in his debut, uh, played just over 12 minutes, including 35 seconds of power play time. Had three shots on goal. uh, Took one penalty. Because, of course, welcome to the Kings. You're now taking uh, pretty dumb penalties. Uh, 50-50 at the faceoff dot. And overall, for a kid playing his first NHL game, uh, and for his first game in a little bit because of the break that we all had, I didn't hate it. I thought that he was making some smart plays. He does play with a really good level of energy that makes me excited to see what else he can bring. Uh, yeah, there was confusion. There was one goal that he, uh, you know, lost his stick on, then collided with Drew Doughty, and then the puck goes in the net, uh, which is, A, a little bit of a rookie mistake, but B, like, also, you know, he wasn't the only Kings player colliding with his teammates. Like, Victor Arvidson took out Leah uh, Anderson at one point. It was just a very sloppy game from all of the players, so when I look at Turcotte's performance and some of the, you know, oh, I sure wish he did that better. Oh, that was a kind of rookie mistake kind of move. Like, I can't fault him too much. First game back, first time playing with this team, you know, with those teammates. So, you know, of course it's going to be a hot mess, but I was encouraged by what we saw from him. And I, you know, hope that he gets the opportunity sooner rather than later to keep showing what he has and being able to develop at this level uh, I do believe that Phil Deneau is going to be back, uh, released from the COVID protocol list. They've eased up on some of the restrictions. We'll talk about that later. Uh, so Deneau is back. I think Rasmus Kapari, who has a non-COVID illness, may also be back as well. So not really sure what that spells for both Anderson Dolan and Tercott in terms of their fate of getting back into games. I thought Jared Anderson Dolan also had a pretty strong game. Uh, he is a guy who I think is just boxed out because of numbers. I think that if we had less guys on the active NHL roster that uh, Jared Anderson-Dolan would be in the lineup, no question. But uh, instead, he is stuck in this sort of limbo between both levels of, of, of the NHL and AHL. But again, uh, Alex Tricot, I think, had a decent performance for his first NHL game. I think that he acquitted himself. Well, he didn't embarrass himself. Like I said, that oops of a collision. I think that, you know, it could have happened to anybody. This whole game was so messy. Uh, from start to finish, that I don't put it just on Turcotte being young. I don't put it on any of the young guys. I mean, Kopitar looked bad. Many of the guys who we count on as sort of our veteran players look bad. Uh, and it, it just, it was, it was what it was. But Alex Turcotte, uh congrats on his first NHL game. He got his first penalty out of the way. So, you know, maybe we'll see um, goals from him in the future. But I, I think that all things considered, a pretty strong debut in the NHL for him in a less than optimal game. Uh, would have been nice if he could have gotten on the score sheet in a positive way, but you know, we'll we'll start where we can. But I, I think that this game gives him a good foundation to build off of for future NHL games, and I hope he gets to stick in the lineup for a little while and, uh, and see what he has. So congrats to uh, Alex Tricot. Coming up next, we're going to talk about uh, some of the other things that didn't go well in this game. Because honestly, uh, not a whole lot went well. We'll look at that coming up next. But first, Built Bar is here for you to have some snacks because it is that time of year. You're doing a lot of shopping. You're doing a lot of running around, visiting friends, visiting family. Hopefully, maybe, possibly, if you are, you're doing it safely, mask up, know who who's been going where, whatever. But uh, this is the time for having snacks on hand. This is the time for thinking about what it is that you're eating and what it is. That brings you the most joy, and built bars are both good for you and they're tasty. They are so good that you're going to want to actually eat them, unlike a lot of other protein bars that can taste just well, not very natural. Built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and they are low in calories, low sugar, low carbs, and really just all around delicious. You can compare that to a regular old candy bar that you can find in the store, and all those fancy stats in terms of health stuff going to look a lot nicer for that built bar. So Go check out Built Bar. Check out all the great flavors they have available. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Well, it wasn't just Alex Iafalo who was making an impact not always good uh, for the team. Um, Drew Doughty and Mikey Anderson had possibly like their worst outing. As, as a team, as a pairing, in quite some time, uh, neither of them looked very good. Some of it's rust, some of it is just, you know, everyone has that game that you just want to rip it up and throw it away and never talk about it again. But uh, they just looked discombobulated the entire time. Uh, statistically, they were below 50% in expected goals. Uh, they allowed 2.39 expected goals when they were on the ice. Uh, that stat comes from. Uh, hockey royalty and money puck. Mikey Anderson in particular was really struggling. Uh, I feel like he's had a lot more ups and downs this season uh, than and then we saw from him last year. Last year, it just seemed like he was playing everything very safe, which is good as a rookie in the NHL, jumping up from college, which is not always an easy feat. Uh, I've talked to lots of guys who have made the jump from college to the AHL, and they say that is a big enough leap uh, and then speaking with them when they've come back from maybe a you know a cup of coffee in the NHL, uh, you know the speed, the physicality, uh, how much faster the game moves—not just you know on the ice, but just how much faster everyone thinks—is uh, a really big jump. And you don't think it necessarily is going to be uh, watching you know a college hockey game, but but it is. It really is something that not every guy catches on to right away. And so we've we've been lucky with players like Alex follow, uh, Blake Lizotte, Mikey Anderson, now in the lineup, who have made that jump right away, and who haven't had to spend time in AHL. Um, I know Ayafalo, I his first season had a you know at least one I think healthy scratch of just kind of sitting down to reset. Uh, Blake Lizotte has been in and out of the lineup at times as well. Of these guys just learning how to play the game at this level, how to condition for it, how to prepare for games, uh, and and so we've we've been lucky really that we haven't had too many games. If you look at Mikey Anderson's body of work, too many games that you're like, oh, that was a stinker. So, you know, it's bound to happen. Uh, And if you're going to have a game that you're just going to throw away, well, it might as well be this one. Everyone's coming back from break. It's rusty. uh, Just no one looked good at all. So maybe he got it out of a system and we won't see it again. But uh, reuniting Dowdy and Anderson after Dowdy, of course, comes back from the COVID list as well, Uh, didn't go quite as smoothly uh, as we thought. Dowdy had his share of, you know, essentially rookie mistakes as well. He turned over the puck directly to Jonathan Marshall so at one point, uh, which is, of all the guys on Vegas, uh, he's definitely one of the guys you don't want to do that to. Uh, Mikey Anderson just never really got the right positioning. There was a lot of chasing going on. Uh, so a rough night for them. Um, but Matt Roy, uh, once again, had a really strong game. I think he's had a lot of ups and downs this season, as well. Uh, but this was probably one of his better games. It's not his fault that the rest of the team couldn't get their act together, but statistically they, uh, were probably one of the best pairings uh, on the ice for the Kings allowed very few chances against, uh, and tried to hold it together, tried to hold things together for the Kings, uh, in this basically total hot mess of a game. So, you know, looking forward to seeing more from him. He played with Christian Wolanin, who. Honestly, at this point, like he should be the King six defenseman only still out on the COVID-19 list. And I, I think that, you know, I, I know that Mata gets a lot of respect for being a veteran player, Stanley cup winner, you know, he's been around for a while by all accounts accounts, like a very nice guy, whatever, but he should have to earn his spot back. Like we, he shouldn't just get it handed to him just because we're paying him a lot of money and he's been around longer, uh, Willannon, sure is just feels kind of the definition of just a guy, you know, he, he's very unmemorable out there, but that is what you want from a defenseman playing in that role. You don't want a guy who stands out because he's still trying to do a lot of flashy nonsense. Like I don't want that. I want Drew Dowdy to do flashy nonsense sometimes, but I certainly don't want Christian Willan and sixth defenseman to be doing it. And sometimes you see these guys try to make an impact and they do it like that. And then surprise, <laughs> things go poorly. So good job for Matt Roy uh, for having another strong game when the rest of the team around him did not look very good. Uh, Good job on Christian Willan for holding it together. You know, he hasn't had the opportunity to play very much at all this season after being picked up by Buffalo on waivers. He basically just sat around uh, through no fault of his own. So he's getting the rest off as well. But it could have been worse. Let's say that we did at least get a goal from Adrian Kempe, the team's leading goal scorer, which feels like it makes me feel insane when I say that. Uh, it was just like I, I think it's great. I think he is a guy who has been sort of the, the the whipping boy for the Kings fans a lot of times because of his inconsistency. And this year, at least, we're seeing that he can be consistent. Uh, he can chip in when needed. He is providing that level of scoring that we have hoped from him. All along, and now he's got 13 goals to to show for it. Uh, Also, speaking of Matt Roy, he was the one who launched a really great stretch pass to Trevor Moore, spring him on a breakaway to score a shorthanded goal, made it 5 2 for the Kings, kind of gave you a little bit of hope, but alas, you know, there was no win in sight. There were moments of of trying, there were moments of looking good, but this was a game that, you know, you want to talk about being prepared to play, being ready from the puck drop. The Kings weren't. And some of that is coaching, but some of that is on the individual players. There's only so much a coach can do, I think, to make sure that you're ready from the time the game starts. And you have to take some responsibility on yourself uh, to, to be prepared, even after a long layoff like this, even after maybe you didn't feel good or whatever. Uh, players owe it to themselves and their teammates to be ready from the puck drop. And a lot of these guys were not. You know, Jonathan Quick's his stats looked terrible. Uh, he had... 10 saves on 15 shots, not great, but like I wouldn't pin a lot of those goals on him. There were a lot of miscommunications between Kings players, a lot of Golden Knights players not getting covered, you know, pucks bouncing right back out to a Golden Knights player. Like I wouldn't put this loss on Jonathan Quick at all. He did get pulled after a little over a period for Garrett Sparks, but uh, that was a lot more of a uh, wake the team up kind of thing than really anything about Jonathan Quick. Uh, if we want to talk about what went wrong, well, special teams uh, sure sure did go wrong. Kings surrendered two power play goals to Vegas, uh, scored no goals on any of their four power play chances themselves. One of the goals against that they had on the power play, I was actually watching, and I was like, this penalty kill actually looks really good. The Kings were spending a lot of time, you know, in, in the offensive zone. They weren't letting Vegas get the puck. And then basically immediately after I had that thought, uh, Vegas took the puck got some zone time and scored so special teams really are just again and again killing this team you know if you if you want to i I know that those aren't the easiest things to to shape up but it's something that you know it has to get fixed eventually right how many more years can we endure this team having a, a really bad power play it it stinks but not a great look for the kings coming back from that break and uh we're just gonna have to hope that they get it together in time for Thursday's game against the Vancouver Canucks. It has been quite a layoff for the Canucks as well. Their last game actually was December 16th, uh, where they won 5-2 against the Sharks. That was part of a, hold on, I can't believe this, six-game winning streak for the Canucks. That's right, it was part of the Bruce Boudreaux uh, bump uh, when... The Canucks finally did what they had needed to do for quite some time and shook things up. Uh, so six-game winning streak for the Canucks, uh, and then you know, of course, everything stopped. Uh, they do have a game tonight against the Anaheim Ducks as part of their uh, California road trip. So we'll uh, we'll get to get a little bit of a sneak peek as to how the Canucks are doing coming off of their break. Uh, but that is, it's going to be two weeks since the uh, Canucks last played. Essentially, uh, by the time they get to us, so. Also worth noting is that uh, literally right now, as I'm recording this, the Canucks have announced that Brock Besser and Phil DiGiuseppe, uh, as well as as one support staff member, have been placed into the NHL's COVID protocol. So those two will not be available for the upcoming game uh, against the Kings. Or the Ducks, really. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on all of that, and we'll check back in tomorrow with what we can expect maybe from the Vancouver Canucks. Coming up next, we're going to talk about, A, World Juniors and how they basically failed, and, B, uh, the NHL COVID protocol because they have just uh, revised those uh, those re- uh, requirements. So we'll talk about that coming up right now on Locked On Los Angeles Kings. So basically all the other sports have done it. Basketball has done it. Football has done it. It was only a matter of time until the NHL did it as well. Uh, the CDC here in the United States changed some COVID protocols, uh, recommendations of their own. Uh, You can debate all day whether or not that was a good idea or whether it was motivated by, oh, I don't know, airline CEOs complaining about stuff. But regardless, uh, there has been changes to the way that COVID protocols are going to work for players who test positive. So this is just right from the NHL's press release. For players who test positive, they are required to isolate for five days. If they have a fever, they have to continue isolating until that fever resolves so if it takes you 10 days to get rid of your fever while you're still quarantining isolating for 10 days if you have no symptoms when you test positive or after those five days you don't have symptoms uh, then you can leave isolation and return to practices and games provided that a lab-based pcr test is negative uh, or a bunch of other science things so you need a negative test you need medical clearance from your team's doctor Uh, and you, of course, need to follow whatever your local rules and regulations are because different states and cities and countries all have different rules regarding uh, all of this stuff, Uh, and players will continue to wear a mask around others for five additional days after that, other than for practice practice and games. Oh, I don't know, the time where they're most likely to be spewing all their little aerosol bubbles all over other people, but, you know, whatever. Everything else remains the same, so... What that means is that for some of these players who have been put on the COVID list, the guys that we still have hanging out there, Dustin Brown, Ole Mata, Phil Deneau, uh, if they're asymptomatic or if the symptoms resolve by day five, they can come back and we don't have to have them out of the lineup for quite as long as expected. The league is going to be reevaluating this on or before January 12th. So we're going to get a couple of weeks of running with this to see uh, to see how it goes But it is good news for players who are asymptomatic, who are not, you know, in this still contagious uh, stage. And good news for teams who have been kind of struggling, even with this, you know, revised taxi squad coming back for teams who have been struggling to figure out how to uh, to play to uh, to have a full roster. So that is good news, like I said, for uh, some of these players who have been out, but who otherwise are healthy and okay to play. Uh, just waiting for you know that that 10 day period to be over. The Kings have been doing some some roster shuffling. Jairus anderson Dolan, Martin Furk, Jacob Muvari, Garrett Sparks, all sent back to Ontario, who is supposed to play a game tonight. We'll see if it actually happens. But uh, it, it seems right now it seems right now that it's actually going to happen. Uh, they are up in Bakersfield tonight, so this will be their return to action. After seeing their their recent games against Henderson and against San Diego all postponed because of COVID issues, uh, this will actually be the Reigns' first game since, I believe, Saturday the 18th, so that's been quite a layoff for them as well, but uh, they are set to play tonight. They should get those players back and have them available uh, to play since they have been returned by the Kings. I wouldn't be surprised if this is also just, you know, helping Ontario uh, to have them actually have a full lineup, and I bet that we will probably see... Uh, at least I'd say Anderson Dolan back uh, with the Kings, uh, particularly if they're going to take advantage of this taxi squad stuff. But uh, for right now, Ontario is getting a little bit of a boost uh, from some of their experienced players. The other big news, of course, is that World Juniors, uh, it's canceled. Due to issues with COVID-19, three different games have been postponed over two days uh, with with the tournament and the IHF organizing committee Hockey Canada and everything really just had to sit back and look at things and realize that with these rules around forfeiture, which they couldn't like revoke the rules since they've already had teams forfeit. They couldn't change course midway and be like, Oh, actually you don't have to forfeit. They have opted to end the tournament early early to cancel it for, you know, largely totally understand reasons around competitive integrity I said jokingly, but, you know, had this tournament continued, we very easily could have seen, like, I mean, Austria wouldn't have won it, but Austria was my joke. Like, Austria would win this tournament out of attrition just because all these other teams end up coming down with COVID and forfeiting. Like, what would you do if you get to the medal round and your goalie has COVID, tests positive for COVID? Like, who a gold medal is a gold medal, but who's going to feel good about winning one? because the other team had to forfeit, because two guys came up positive on a test. This whole thing has been very frustrating, what we're seeing out of the uh, not bubble in Edmonton and Red Deer uh, from a lot of the journalists who are up there, uh, including Chris Peters, who we talked to on this show. uh, John Rosen, for Kings fans, you know him, a former Kings insider, uh, had been reporting on site for uh, the NHL Network, uh, and and hearing from all those guys up there, it, it just seems like This has been a case of moving goalposts, of rules changing uh, without people being aware of them, of no one really understanding the expectations. And ultimately what it comes down to is they elected to do this in a not full bubble. Uh, Obviously, players and personnel and everything had to arrive to Edmonton slash Red Deer a certain amount of time before. Uh, The the tournament started. There was regular testing that was going on for everybody, including media. But at the end of the day, they're still in hotels that are public. The the players are sharing rooms with one another. Uh, The case with the United States was two players tested positive, but their roommates also had to be quarantined. So that gives you four people. Uh, I believe that both two of the people involved in this were goalies, Uh, They were going to do some sort of exemption where if one of the goalies like tested negative, he could have played, even though like he still should have been quarantining or awaiting another negative test or something, just like way convoluted. And no one really seemed to know what was happening from one moment to the other. But yeah, players are in a hotel that is still open to the public. Uh, People have reported that there was a big wedding going on uh, at one of the hotels, uh, which is used as a big event center. Uh, some reporting was saying that uh, you know the the event center had to honor all the contracts that were made before World Juniors, you know, happened and before all this like COVID stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, it's not a bubble. They're still interacting with the outside world. They're still in elevators with random people. Uh, people on Twitter have been saying like, yeah, I was at the hotel and I saw the guys just walking around. So it, it just it wasn't it wasn't a good situation from the beginning. The ultimate answer here is that uh, it's, it's just, it's done. It's done. It is canceled. And there's not, it's not going to be made up. They're not going to move it to the end of the season. It's just done, which really like you have to feel for, you know, these players who, you you know, it's no fault of their own. Um, particularly if they're the guys who have been there and are being responsible about isolating to their rooms and not interacting with the public and whatever. But for as much as we talk about the Olympics and how frustrating it is that You know, NHLers aren't going to get to go because of very real concerns over health and getting stuck in China and all of that impact and how some of these guys, this is their last chance. They might, in four years from now, their careers might be over and they're not going to be on an Olympic squad. You know, World Juniors is something that, you know, really I feel like the most anyone ever plays in it is like three years and that's pushing it. And so there are a lot of guys who aren't going to get to you know, have that feeling of winning a medal for your country or for losing the medal for your country or whatever. Um, you know, obviously health and safety has to take precedent, which I totally am on board with, but I feel like everything we have seen from the WYHF lately is just showing that they're really bad at everything. So frustrating, no doubt to see this result, especially, you know, selfishly King's prospects were doing really well. And it was really exciting to get to see them to get an idea of what the future of this team might look like with some additional players. But at the end of the day, that's the way it goes. So no world juniors that's done. And uh, now we've just got uh, the Kings to look forward to. So we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about whatever goes on uh, in hockey overnight. We'll check in on the Vancouver game, uh, see how they did yesterday against the ducks and take it from there. So that is it for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, Make sure you're subscribing to this show, wherever you get your podcasts, Find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. Find the show on Twitter at Locked On LA Kings. Uh, give me a follow both places. Come say hi. Come share your thoughts and feelings and angst with me. And uh, we'll go enjoy whatever it is the Kings have for us. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this has been Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.